Hello and welcome to the Renaissance Polymath. I'm your host, Toby Gagnon, and this is the third of a five-part series discussing non-traditional yet must-see destinations in each of the 50 states in the U.S. This episode will focus on states 21 through 30 alphabetically. Let's go ahead and get things started, and let's start with Massachusetts. This is my home state, as some of you may know, and it was really easy for me to pick something kind of off the beaten path for Massachusetts. And the reason was because I lived off the beaten path in Massachusetts. So the location that I would recommend you check out is called the Quabbin Reservoir, Q-U-A-B-B-I-N Reservoir. And read directly from the mass.gov website, Quabbin Reservoir is one of the largest unfiltered water supplies in the United States. Along with the Wachusett River and Ware River, it is the source of high-quality water for the Massachusetts Water Resources Authority water supply system. The 412 billion gallon reservoir covers 39 square miles and has 180 miles of shoreline. Recreational activities are regulated and limited to protect 3 million people's drinking water. Now, something the website doesn't talk about is actually that four towns were flooded to create this reservoir. And it's really interesting because those town line signs still exist. So there are four towns you can actually go stand in that are no longer in existence. Now, again, be sure to read the website and check it out before you go because there are a lot of restrictions, including you're not allowed to walk your dog because obviously people drink this water. But if you go to Massachusetts, consider checking out the Quabbin Reservoir. All right, moving on to Michigan, where I recommend if you go to Michigan and you're looking for a place to get away from it all and relax and kind of take a step back in time to maybe when that cell phone in your pocket didn't exist and you had a sense of freedom and you had less anxiety, is a place called Mackinac Island. Now, I was first introduced to Mackinac Island actually from Dirty Jobs, the show with Mike Rowe back in the day, which apparently now has been rebooted. It's back on the Discovery Channel. So shameless plug, obviously not for me. I don't get anything from it. But if you liked Dirty Jobs back in the day, check out the Discovery Channel. He's back. But Mackinac Island in Michigan is a place that I would recommend you go. And I'm going to read directly from the website for this because it's too good not to. For centuries, visitors have found this national landmark to be the ideal vacation spot. No cars, no chain hotels, just world-famous Mackinac Island fudge, historic Fort Mackinac, unique shopping, and diverse dining. Unforgettable sunsets, awe-inspiring sunrises, and extraordinary nightlife benefit our ranking as a top 10 U.S. island by TripAdvisor and the USA Today. Start planning your trip to Mackinac Island, the jewel of the Great Lakes. So if you go to Michigan, strongly consider checking out Mackinac Island. Now, on to Minnesota. And I did say that they are non-traditional must-see destinations. And the next one I have personally been to. I, for a profession, worked with the Hormel Foods Company for a time. And... I was able to get indoctrinated to what is Hormel Foods and how they give back to their communities. And if you don't know, I would encourage you to go check out their history. But a great place to start is the Spam Museum. And I'm not talking about the type of mail that you get in your inbox or your mailbox that you don't want. Not that kind of spam. The original spam. 
the meats, the potted meat. So if you go to Minnesota, check out the Spam Museum. And it's really cool, and I'll, I'll read you a little bit here, but basically you can take a trip through history in the Spam Museum. You can go and understand how World War II affected the rations, right, and, and the food that these soldiers were consuming and how spam really helped. You can also take a trip around the world and understand how different cultures in different parts and corners of the globe enjoy this delicacy. And yes, they consider it a delicacy. You can check out different cookbooks and see how they use spam in their own unique way to complement their cultural dishes. And of course, you can go and get your picture taken with the sign that shows how many spam cans tall you are. So if you go to Minnesota, you've got to go and check out the Spam Museum. All right, moving down the river, let's go to Mississippi, where I recommend going and checking out the Natchez Indian Grand Village. This location, and I'm going to read right from their website. The Natchez Indians and their ancestors inhabited what is now southwest Mississippi from 700 A.D. to 1730 A.D. According to historical and archaeological evidence, the Grand Village was their main ceremonial center between 1682 and 1730. French explorers, priests, and journalists described the ceremonial mounds built by the Natchez on the banks of St. Catherine Creek. Later, Archaeological investigations produced additional evidence that this site was the place that the French called the Grand Village of the Natchez. So it's a really interesting place, and if you're into Native American culture, or you're just into culture and history in general, I recommend going and checking this place out, because there were many mounds that have since been restored to their uh, glory days, so to speak, and what they looked like at their heyday. And if you're, again, into that kind of dark side, like we talked about in Illinois, there is also a location that was used for human sacrifice. So you can go and check out all kinds of stuff there at the Grand Village of the Natchez. Now, moving on from Mississippi, let's go to Missouri. Again, go back up the river a little bit, where I recommend, if you're going to go, check out this weird place. And I say weird because it's weird even to me. It's called the Welch Spring Hospital Ruins. Yes, hospital ruins. And I'm going to read directly from their website because it's just too strange otherwise. It says, over the years, Ozark Springs have been used as campsites, power supplies for grist mills, tourist resorts, and even hospitals. Hospitals? Yes, hospitals. Back in 1913, an Illinois doctor, ooh, maybe that's where this came from, Illinois. An Illinois doctor named C.H. Deal bought Welch Spring for $800. Dr. Deal believed that the spring water had healing properties and that cool, pollen-free air coming from the adjacent cave would be beneficial for people with asthma, emphysema, and tuberculosis, which together were called consumption at the time. He said that it worked for him, helping him with chronic case of hay fever. To tap this clean air resource, Dr. Deal built a hospital over the mouth of the cave. The Welch Spring, which flowed from the cave, was dammed up so water would close off the entrance. This would force more air out through the cave opening into the hospital. In today's terms, it might have been better called a health spa since there wasn't much in the way of formal medical treatment, just an invitation to breathe the fresh air of the cave. So you can go to Missouri and check out what is left of this building. And it's actually pretty cool because it looks like you walk through the woods and all of a sudden out of nowhere is this 
well, once was a beautiful stone building. And the facade is still there and the windows and the doors and all of that still exists. So if you go to Missouri, go and check out the Welch Spring Hospital Ruins. All right, from Missouri, let's travel up to Montana. Now, this next one, I'm going to pronounce a certain way and it may or may not be right. So if I get it wrong, shoot me an email and let me know how to pronounce it. But it is Harve Beneath the Streets, the underground city, read directly from their website. Harve Beneath the Streets, the historical underground tour, is a recreation of Harve's history. When fire destroyed much of Harve, business owners moved underground to carry on their business until the town could be rebuilt. See the history of the Great West come alive beneath the streets of Harve. See firsthand the commerce of early days on the wild and woolly frontier. Tour the Sporting Eagle, Wassling Laundry, Shorty Young's Office, Gourley Brothers Bakery, and more. So basically, it's an entire city that was built underground because the town was ravaged by fire, and while it was being rebuilt up above, people dug out underneath and were able to create commerce and still allow for cash flow to be able to afford the rebuild that was going on above. So if you go to Montana, go to Harve, check out the underground city and take a tour and support that local community. All right, next let's go to Nebraska. And again, similar to Arizona, there isn't one specific thing I recommend you check out in Nebraska, but I would encourage you to look at the Native American culture there. And I'm going to read directly from the website that I've linked in the show notes. And there are some visitor etiquette things to keep in mind. And this is good general advice no matter where you go, especially if it's a cultural location. But I'm going to read directly from their website. Nebraska's native tribes welcome guests to visit their reservations and cultural centers and events. When visiting reservations and attending ceremonies, guests should maintain a respectful decorum. Please remember the following rules of etiquette when visiting these sites. Number one, ask for permission before taking photos and videos. Number two, show respect when visiting offering and burial sites. These sites are considered sacred and items should not be disturbed. And number three, items found on reservations should not be taken as souvenirs as it is against federal law to remove artifacts found on Native American reservations. So if you go to any kind of historical or cultural significant location, please, please, please follow these etiquette tips that are just, honestly, they should be common sense, they should be commonplace, but they aren't. The first one, ask for permission before taking photos and videos, that is something that unfortunately we as a society have gotten away from. And I think we need to get back to that location. It's not necessarily about asking for the permission to hold on to somebody's photo, but it's more about the respect you show for that individual or their family or their culture or their history. So, if you go to these locations, keep that in mind, but if you do go, consider checking out some of the locations that are listed on the website, including the Genoa Indian School Interpretive Center, or the Knight Museum and Sandhill Center. There are a lot of really interesting places to go check out in Nebraska as it relates to Native American culture, and you can start by visiting the website linked in the show notes. Okay, moving on to Nevada, or Nevada, depending on how you pronounce it. But if you go there, yes, of course, you can go do all of the gambling and different things that you want to do. But something that I find really interesting and really unique is something called the Lunar 
Crater. And I'm going to read directly from the website. Want to know what Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong were going through as they bounced around on the moon in 1969? In Nevada, you can get that exact feeling thanks to the incredible Lunar Crater Backcountry Byway, which explores 20 extinct volcanoes, ancient obsidian-laden lava beds, incredible Nevada backroads, and the largest natural crater in the state. Not far from the geographic center of Nevada, Lunar Crater's nearest city is Tonopa, about 70 miles to the southwest. So you can go and check this place out, and they actually sent the astronauts to this location to train when they were going to the moon. And the reason is obvious. The, the sand and everything, the powder-like substance and surface is really unique, and it's pretty cool that you can go and step foot in a place where some of America's greatest heroes have been. So if you go to Nevada, check out the Lunar Crater. All right, going from a desert state, let's go somewhere else. Let's go to New Hampshire, where there is a lot of foliage. And if you're going to go to New Hampshire for foliage, I recommend checking out the Kankamangas Highway. And this is, and I'm going to read directly from the website for some of this, but the Kankamangas Highway is a 34 and a half mile scenic drive along New Hampshire's Route 112 in northern New Hampshire that is well known as one of the best fall foliage viewing areas in the country. The Kankamangas Highway is now designated as an American scenic byway for its rich history, aesthetic beauty, and culture. And the cool thing is you can go and visit this location at any time of year because the views and the scenery are so majestic. But if you really want to get the most out of it, you've got to go sometime between the last week in September and the second week in October. Somewhere in there will give you wonderful scenery, amazing views, great foliage shots and pictures and all that stuff. Just understand, this is not something that is off the beaten path, so to speak. This one is a little bit more mainstream for New Hampshire, especially, and it's going to be busy. So similar to, say, the Blue Ridge Parkway or a Continental Divide Pass or the Pacific Coast Highway, this location does get a lot of traffic, especially at that time of year when the foliage changes, but it doesn't mean you have to go at that time of year. Check out the Kangamangas Highway if you go to New Hampshire. And we're going to wrap this episode up with New Jersey. Now, I've got my own feelings about New Jersey, but I found something, I came across something in my research that epitomized the state, in my opinion, better than any other destination could have. And it's not a beach. There's a place in New Jersey called Diggerland XL, D-I-G-G-E-R-L-A-N-D-X-L. And it's exactly what it sounds like. I'm going to read straight from the website because, again, this is one of those things that you just, it, it's too strange for fiction. Operate unrestricted, full-size construction equipment at Diggerland with one-on-one -on -one instruction from our heavy machinery instructor. Packages offer several durations, three machines, group experiences, bachelor or bachelorette parties, corporate team building exercises, and can even include a car crush. You'll be guided through your adventure via radio communication. Unleash the full power of these excavators, loaders, and dozers. Diggerland XL is awesome. It's also only for adults 18 and over. So you can basically go to this big kid playground, I guess is the best word for it, and operate heavy machinery. Things that you would see on construction sites. They let you go and just have fun. 
And apparently you can pay to crush a car. Now, the team building and group stuff, if your organization is, is buying some stuff like that, that sounds like a pretty cool organization to work for. So if you go to New Jersey and you want to experience New Jersey after you've left the beach, then consider going to Diggerland XL. So that about wraps up this episode, but I would encourage you to do your own continued research and education to find additional interesting destinations to explore in your own and other states. If you feel I may have missed your favorite destination and in any of the states that I covered today, feel free to send me an email at podcast at therenpo.com. That's T-H-E-R-E-N-P-O.com and let me know. I'll make sure to link to the things I discussed in this episode in the show notes. Tomorrow, I will discuss states 31 through 40 alphabetically. I would also appreciate it if you left a review wherever you podcast. That helps this show be discoverable to others and helps me understand where things can be improved. Don't forget to subscribe and auto-download new episodes so you don't miss any of the future topics. Thank you for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.